0: So I was just sitting there at my desk doing some homework on Tuesday, and I was listening to the Bill Simmons podcast, and they were talking about the New York Knicks in the 2019 offseason, and I thought of this idea to talk about the perfect opportunity the Knicks could have had in this offseason, and that doesn't pertain to them signing any big names like a Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving. This is another route they could have taken, and yeah, I'm going to be talking about them today because I thought I could definitely talk about this team for 20 or 30 minutes, And yeah, if you guys are listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, I really appreciate that. Or if you're watching on YouTube to see my face while I talk. So yeah, we are here. Episode 8 of the Just Ballin' podcast. We're going to be talking about the perfect opportunity, the Knicks Blue, in the 2019 offseason. And it's not going to be what you think. I'm also going to be talking about what I think they could do going forward. And then we could do this for other teams too. If you're on YouTube, let me know in the comments what team we should maybe do next. Or if you're on Apple Podcasts, let me know in a review. Just be like, can you talk about the Hawks or the Magic or what you want to see them do in the future or maybe something they should change up? So we're going to go back here. To June 10th of the NBA Finals. In this game five, Kevin Durant is playing his first playoff game since early of the Houston Rockets series. And then he gets hurt. He gets the calf injury, and everybody is already talking about him missing a majority amount of time. There's speculation that he could be out all of 1920. This should have immediately came into the Knicks' minds. Okay. Maybe this plan of getting Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving or Kevin Durant and Anthony Davis or Kevin Durant and Kemba Walker isn't going to happen. It's just not going to happen. Maybe it wasn't going to happen forever. Maybe this was never an ideal solution or proposition of the Knicks getting Kevin Durant. Maybe that was never going to happen. Let's say on June 10th, the Knicks actually became just, you know what? competent here that, okay, we're not going to get Kevin Durant, or there's a good chance he doesn't sign with us. He might opt in back into his Warriors deal, rehab there for a year, and then enter 2020 free agency. Uh, Kyrie Irving is already leaning towards Brooklyn. There was reports out of, um, I believe, a couple credible sources in April, in May, that Kyrie kind of wanted to go home, quote unquote, home to the Brooklyn Nets because, you know, he grew up as a Nets fan. He lived in New Jersey, and obviously the Nets used to play in New Jersey. And then Kawhi was just always speculated to go to one of the LA teams. I know the only Knicks-Kawhi connection was that the Kawhi's camp, when he requested a trade at San Antonio, the Knicks were one of his desired destinations to get traded to. So that was just maybe some speculation, but he was always leaning towards the Clippers or the Lakers. So it's June 10th, and that'll happen. So now the Knicks should have had a set-in-stone plan B here, which would have been plan A mainly. Going into this year's season, they had six guys under contract, Frank Nilekina, Kevin Knox, Dennis Smith Jr., Damian Dotson, Mitchell Robinson, and a tier, uh, and a tier option and a team option on Alonzo Trier in which they picked up quickly into the start of the off season. Now, those are six guys younger than 25. And three of them are former top 10 picks in Frank Neal Keane DSJ from the 2017 draft and Kevin Knox from the 2018 draft. Kevin Knox was coming off a pretty up and down, but mainly down rookie year. But you know what? The team was awful as it is. And he was a pretty bad defender. But hey, he was a rookie. He was thrown in, taking more than 15 shots a game as a rookie. He shot the ball, excuse me, 12 and a half times as a rookie. He was 19 years old. He was 19. What are you doing at 19? It's like, you know what? He was in a pressured situation as a 19-year-old, so you really couldn't take that too much into consideration, that he was going to be like that for the rest of his career. Now, Frank Nielkina was hurt mainly in his sophomore year, which sucked and a lot of people were down on him. Dennis, Jr., uh, Dennis Smith Jr. did show a lot of promise after the Christoph's trade, or a little bit of promise. He had some... Um, good games, and he had a solid connection with Mitchell Robinson. Speaking of Mitchell Robinson, he was the steal of the 2018 draft, and he had a really good season as a second-round pick. Jeremy Dotson was kind of showing that he could be a solid rotational guy, maybe somebody playing like 10 to 15 minutes on a good team, Um, and same thing with Alonzo Trier, who was an undrafted rookie. So the Knicks had six guys that immediately should be getting playing time going into the season. They should at least be six guys that are playing 10-plus minutes each. That's definitely what they should be doing. Now, there's a couple moves this offseason that I don't even know why the Knicks weren't even in talks in. So, the Clippers acquired Mo Harkless for free, and they got a future Miami first-round pick so Miami can clear the amount of cap space they needed to to sign Jimmy Butler. Immediately, immediately the Knicks should have been like, okay, let's go out there, let's acquire as many future assets as possible. Who cares if it's a 2026 first round pick or if it's a 2021 first on pick? Who cares? Let's go out and acquire as many assets as we can have. We'll take on all the bad contracts. You remember, this is how kind of the Nets build up their statue over the last couple years with getting Dilo for free, basically giving up. Uh, Brooke Lopez, who was a solid player, but they took on the Mozgov contract. And yeah, that pick turned into Kyle Kuzma, but it was the 27th pick, and you're getting the 2015 second overall pick in D'Angelo Russell, who turned into a great player for them. Now, that could have been something. The Knicks could have gotten Mo Harkless, a solid defender, who could have been a maybe a mentor to Kevin Knox, because Kevin Knox needs defensive help, and he would have been not a ball stopper. He would have probably shot seven shots a game, six shots a game. For the Knicks, he could have been a solid three-point shooter. And then you maybe could have locked him up in the offseason. After that, you could have maybe gave him a three-year deal worth 20 mil. Something like that. Be a 3 and D player off the bench for them. But no, the Clippers acquired Mo Harkless. And he's been a big part of their defense um, in their early 2019-20 success. Now, that was one trade they could have did. The next one was the Golden State Warriors trading Andre Iguodala. And a first-round pick. Sorry, I said Iguodala like that. (laughs) And a future first-round pick to the Grizzlies for free. The Grizzlies got Iggy and a future first for free. Now, maybe Igudala maybe never would have played for the Knicks like he's not playing for the Grizzlies. And you could have bought him out because that would have been a Knicks thing to do. Um, Or you could have traded him for a second round pick. Who cares? They got a first round pick for free. That pick is most likely going to be like a 2024 top four protected. And then I think it's also top four protected in 2025. And then it goes to unprotected in 2026. Hey, that's another asset that the Grizzlies are going to have that the Knicks could have had and took it on the Iguodala contract and then possibly moved them to a contending team like L.A. or Denver or uh, or the Lakers or one of the L.A. teams down the line. But who cares? You get another first-round pick. So now you would have had, on top of the Mavericks picks, a future Miami pick, which could be solid if Jimmy Butler maybe has a down year in a couple years when that pick... Uh, comes into effect, or you could have had the Warriors 2026 unprotected first or the 2024 top four protected first, which is another asset that the Knicks could have used. Now, also another move that happened on draft night was the Suns trading the second pick in the second round, the 32nd overall pick, and TJ Warren to the Pacers for cash considerations. TJ Warren is 26 years old, and he's having a very good year for the Indiana Pacers. Over his last six games for the Pacers, he's averaging 22 points a night, 60% from the field, 63 from three, and 83 from the line, and the Pacers have been winning with him, and they basically got him for free. Hey, Knicks, maybe getting a 26-year-old on a very solid contract instead of getting Marcus Morris, who is a ball stopper who's taking the most shots on the team, maybe, just maybe that would have been a better idea. I'm just saying. Uh, Marcus Morris is 30 years old. He won't be back next year. And hey, if the Knicks can get a first-round pick from Utah or Port or whoever maybe is interested in Marcus Morris come December 15th when he's eligible to be traded, okay, if you can get a late first from him, sure. But getting TJ Warren, who's 26, I think would have been a better addition. But no, the Knicks didn't even entertain any of these ideas. Also, speaking of the Grizzlies from before, they got two second-round picks from the Suns for just taking on Josh Jackson. Hey, Knicks, why didn't you maybe consider that? Throw Josh Jackson in the G League or maybe get him some playing time. You turn Noah Vonley's kind of career around. Why can't you do the same for Josh Jackson? Speaking of Noah Vonley, don't know why the Knicks didn't look to bring him back uh, because they signed four new big men anyway, but neither one of them was Noah Vonley. There's just continuity that comes into these things. So now we move on to the drift where the Knicks took Iggy Bristakis and RJ Barrett, which were two fine picks. I don't think anybody was Criticizing them on those two picks. Now, after that came June 30th, free agency. Going into free agency, the Knicks would have had this rotation at the moment Frank Yolokina at point guard, Dennis Mitch Jr. at point guard. Two young point guards that you would like to develop and move on with. And that would have been perfect. Shooting guard, you had RJ Barrett, Damian Dotson, and Alonzo Trier. RJ Barrett was going to be your starter. He's your franchise guy. And then you have Dotson and Trier who can each get 15 to 20 minutes off the bench. Kevin Knox, development year. Or you're still developing him. It's a sophomore year. He's obviously trying to improve off his rookie year. Iggy Brzezakis, he'll spend time in the G League, or he can maybe get the 12th man minutes on the roster. Power forward, you had no power forwards going into the season. And then center, you had Mitchell Robinson. Now, obviously, they could have had Andre Gudawa, they could have had Mo Harkless, they could have had TJ Warren, or they could have had Josh Jackson that they could have thrown into here, but they didn't. So now they have those guys going into the season. So they have five, six, seven, eight guys on roster. We'll say Brzezakis was mainly going to be in the G League. So they have seven dudes. Now, if they signed Noah Vonlei, how would like I said continuity it would have been big to bring back Noah Vonleh, who currently or who got signed by the Minnesota Timberwolves. Now he's not doing as good as he was doing in New York. Obviously he played 25 minutes a game for the Knicks, and he only played or he's only playing 12 minutes a night for the Minnesota Timberwolves. He's not shooting well at three whatsoever, and he was a 34% shooter on two attempts a game last year for the Knicks. So yeah, maybe he wasn't gonna be as good, but he's 23 still. He's 24 now. And the Knicks could have brought him back to the power forward. Really, is Bobby Portis that much of an upgrade over Noah Vonley? No, he's not whatsoever. Noah Vonley by the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves got a $2 million deal. One year, $2 million. The Knicks couldn't offer Noah Vonley two years, $6 million. Two years, $8 million and gave him a team option or put a team option. Because if he got $2 mil a year for the Timberwolves, he would have taken $5 mil a year. And you could have thrown a team option on that second that second year, but the Knicks didn't do that. I don't know why their arguably their best player last year they didn't want to bring back. I don't get that. Okay, so now they ended up signing uh, Bobby Portis, Joyous Randall. Now Joyous Randall, I think, would be a fine signing still. If you have one ball stopper out there, who Joyous Randall hasn't been good for the Knicks whatsoever this year, he's just been inefficient. He's just somebody that he thinks he can have the ball in his hands and honestly do something with it. He's averaging 17 points, 8.7 rebounds, but he's been inefficient. He's averaging 3.5 uh, turnovers a night for a power forward. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't I didn't say that wrong. 3.5 turnovers a night. I don't know why he tries to act like he's Draymond Green. I don't know why or LeBron or Luka. He's just not good at it and i think it's mainly on fizz devil. we'll get to him in a little bit now i would have been fine with the randall signing still let's say you had frank dsj rj dot Trier, knox let's just say they make the mo harkless shade they don't get iggy they don't get tj warren they don't get josh jackson but let's say they get mo harkless now you have frank dsj rj barrett damian dotson alonzo Trier. at the forward you have kevin knox mo harkless you still don't even need to start kevin knox you can have mo harkless start play 20 or so minutes a night have kevin knox play 27 minutes but come off the bench Power forward, you have Vonley, Randall and then center, Mitchell Robinson, and let's say they signed Taj Gibson. I I still like that signing. He's a vet. He's good in his minutes. He doesn't have to play a lot of minutes. He doesn't shoot the ball a ton. He knows his role. Now, was Alfred Payton a necessity signing? A necessity signing? Wow, I butchered that. No, not at all. Was Bobby Portis a necessity signing? No, you could have brought Noah Vonley back. Was... Uh Wayne Ellington, a necessity sounding not at all If you watch Wayne Ellington when he's in the game for the Knicks, he has one role. come off screens with the Knicks set horribly and shoot a three that's that's basically what he does. Uh, mainly for the Knicks. If you look at his three-point rate, it's it's kind of crazy. His three-point rate is 87%, which means 87% of Wayne Ellington's shots are from three-pointers. So basically, that could have been Damian Dotson's role this year, who's actually a solid three-point shooter. But no, you wanted to sign Wayne Ellington, who is 32 years old and is shooting 30% from three. Damian Dotson is shooting 30% from three, but he's 25 years old, and he's only taking three attempts a night. Ellington's taking four attempts a night. It's just the little things like that. They could have actually built their young core and been rebuilding because they were going to be bad anyway if they did that. And hey, you know what? This year, they're not good either. The Knicks at this current moment are 4-17, and which is a worse start this season than they were to last year. Uh, last year they ended up 17 and 65 and then, Hey, they they were going to be bad this year. Anyway, why'd you sign Marcus Morris? Why'd you sign Wayne Ellington? I don't mind the Reggie Bullock signing, honestly, because Reggie Bullock is still fairly young. Uh, he's in his twenties at the moment. I would just actually like to clarify that before I say, um, or before I guess on his age, then he's not right, but he's going to be out till I think January. Anyway, he's 28 years old. So at least he's before 30, he'll be 29 soon. He most likely won't be back next year. Um, he's going to be reevaluated soon um Ian Bagley or Bagley of SNY reported. Yeah, okay, but then why'd you sign Wayne Allington? There's stuff like that. Okay, so we're gonna move on from the free agency signings because it really frustrates me talking about that. So now we can talk about um where the Knicks can go going forward. Now also guys like Kadeem Allen and Kenny Wooden are solid players that they could have brought up to as well to have more depth. Um, and instead of like signing Marcus Morris and Alfred Payton, but yeah, we're going to move on from free agency. So yeah, that's the Knicks perfect opportunity that I think that they blew in the 2019 off season. And yeah, they didn't have to sign one of these top guys to continue their rebuild. Obviously they, they could have acquired assets, acquired these young players that could have potential to be solid rotational guys on a good team, but no, they didn't do that. They signed a bunch of guys that don't fit together. Now let's talk about how the Knicks can go forward. Let's get a little bit more positive here. So obviously Coaching is a big part of a team, right? Now, I don't think that David Fisdell is the right coach for this team now. Do I think David Fisdell's a bad coach? Not necessarily. I don't think he's a good coach either, or at least he hasn't proven that he's a good coach. Now, if you watch the next rotations every night, they're pretty poor. Um, if you really look around at how their offense flows, it's a lot of iso ball, which is a really cop out as a coach. If you're really just saying oh iso, or you're calling it isolation, that's not really a huge thought process. We can all tell Kevin Durant to isolate and have four spacing to where he's really only getting guarded by one guy. You could say that for Marcus Morris or Joyce Randall. It's not really that impressive as a head coach. If you watch his late game plays, not very good. If you watch his out of the timeout plays. Not very good. Now, I don't really know if any of the Knicks assistant coaches like Keith Smart or Royal Ivory or Kale Kennelis or Jude Bouchler or any or Mike Miller who I think or Pat Sullivan, I think the latter two have had um, talks about being the coach if Fizdale was fired for the remainder of the year. I don't think any of those guys are the answers. But if you watch, like I know you guys are fans of other teams, if you watch Mike Malone of the Nuggets or Nick Nurse of the Raptors or Quinn Schneider of the Jazz, these aren't like the elite coaches. Like they're not the Spolstras or the Stevens or the Popoviches of the world, but they're good coaches. They were to, they were, they're were were they they coaches that you would want on your team. If you watch the rotations, they're really good. And if you even watch like Spolstra's rotations, who's an elite coach – they're incredible, incredible. Like, the Heat should not be this good if you look at their roster. They shouldn't. But good coaching can go a long way. Now, I don't really know who the next, next head coach could be. Like, I, I don't really know if you want Jeff Van Gundy or do you want uh, Mark Jackson. I don't think you do. Um, Mike Boonholzer was a free agent uh, the same time Fizdell was, but they ended up going with Fizdell. I don't really know. Do you want Dave Yorger? Um, I don't know who will be fired after this year Scott Brooks. I don't really think you want any of these guys now. Uh so you might have to go in-house here. Do you think Keith Smart or maybe or Kenny the Jet Smith from uh TNT? I know had some speculation. Um I don't know if you want any of these guys. I honestly don't know much about coaching or just coaching prestige. So I'm not really gonna put my two cents in there, but I think a coaching change should happen. I also think a front office change should happen. I always backed up Scott Perry. I liked him and Steve Mills' drafting, but I don't think they know how to build a contender. I, I think they should both go. I, if you want to keep Scott Perry, okay, that's fine. But Steve Mills has to go, and James Dolan has to realize that. Now, if you the Knicks, they've been rumored to Masai Ujiri. Uh, they've been rumored or um, speculated with Sam Presti. If you sit them down and be like, "I'll give you guys full control. You'll get ten million dollars a year. Just please build us a winning team. Maybe they'll consider it. Maybe, but I don't. I don't really know the odds are of that happening. So I think new front office structure, a new head coach. Should happen. If you want to fire Fizdale midway through the year, take Mike Miller, Pat Sullivan. It's not the Mike Miller you're thinking of that play for the Heat. Different Mike Miller. Pat Sullivan, Mike Miller, Keats, Smart, Royal Ivy. Take one of them. Make them the head coach. See if they can actually be a good head coach. Kind of like how Mike Woodson was for the Knicks. Um, and then if they're not, Go out of free agency and sign a coach to a one-two year deal, but stop signing these coaches to four-year deals and firing them after two years. Because you're gonna have to do it every time if you're not really building the competent uh, front office, and that's where Phils and Smart or Phils and Perry need to go. They need uh Mills and Perry. They, yeah, they need to be fired. So let's talk about where they can go going forward, player personnel wise. Now. Uh, Marcus Morris, I think they should 100% trade him at the deadline, either for it's a protected first-round pick, water protected. Hey, if you can get the 25th overall pick for Marcus Morris, I think that's a plus. Uh, if you can't get a first, I think you still gotta accept two seconds. There's no reason for Marcus um, for Marcus Morris. Did I say Marcus Smart? I hope not. <laughs> There's no reason for Marcus Morris to be on this team post trade deadline. There isn't. You need Kevin Knox to get his reps. You need Trier, Dotson, R.J. Barrett to get majority of the shots after Joyce Randall. Um, if you can move Wayne Ellington, cool. If you move Bobby Portis, cool. The Knicks fans are going to say trade Randall. They're not trading Randall. Nobody wants Randall on his contract. He's going to be here next year anyway, so so be it. Now, you've developed your young guys. You're going to have a top five pick in the draft. The Knicks, at this current moment, have the second worst record in the NBA. The only team in front of them are the Warriors. They have two more losses. So I'm on take it down right now. Let's say I'm going to simulate the lottery, and the Knicks are going to go from two to six. So that's the worst possible scenario. I just did a simulation. So now they have the six pick in the um, NBA draft. And let's see guys that they can maybe target from maybe that three to six range that they could fall. Or we'll say four to six. Let's just say um, we'll play it safe that the Knicks won't get a top three pick and they'll go four to six. Um, They could look at point guards. It's a loaded point guard class with Cole Anthony, LaMelo Ball, Nico Mannion, RJ Hampton, Tyrese Maxey, Theo Maladin. Those are guys that definitely... Could be drafted as point guards. But do you think Fanilo Keen is the future point guard on this team? Or do you think he's a future wing player who can handle the ball, but isn't really much of a facilitator and can be just more of a defensive specialist three and D guy? That's his peak. Um do you think Dennis Smith Jr.'s Dennis Smith Jr. is the future point guard of this team? No. I think that the Knicks really would benefit from a Lamello ball or a Cole Anthony. Now, James Wiseman is arguably the best player in the shift, but he's a center, and I still think Mitchell Robinson is your future center of this team. Now, uh, there isn't really that many good uh, power forwards. Uh, there is Jalen McDaniels. Uh, or Jaden McDaniels, excuse me, not Jalen. Jalen Butcher in the second round from San Diego State last year, but this is Jaden McDaniels. He's a small forward slash power forward from Washington. You have a uh, note. I'm gonna butcher his name. Onyeka Okongwu. Um, I'm sorry. I know who he is, but I just butcher his name a lot. He's a power forward from USC. He's a freshman. Um, he's gonna be 19 when he gets drafted. Um, Isaiah Stewart. He's a really good power forward so far at Washington. Um, so yeah, Washington has a couple guys. I definitely uh, recommend watching them. Uh, they're in the Pac-12. Uh, veteran Carey junior solid, but now you're getting into, like, guys that probably shouldn't go in the top six. Uh, Denny Dia, Avida, uh, from Israel, uh, could be a solid wing player as well, or Anthony Edwards. Now, I think maybe Anthony Edwards, 6'4". Uh, Denny is six nine. He's more of a three, but then you're kind of banking, or you're, now you're kind of saying that Kevin Knox isn't the future of this team, which is okay And if you want one of these guys to roll with R.J. Barrett, sure. But I think, honestly... The most perfect guy for this team, I think, is Lamelo Ball. He's playing better competition than probably any of these college guys. And he's definitely probably the best passer here, I'd say, um, on this list. I definitely think he's probably— be- Him and Nico Mannion are the two best facilitators. And then probably Theo Maladin number three. Definitely probably better than Cole Anthony. I think those are your more perfect guys. Set up Julius Randle. Let them control this offense. Set up RJ Barrett. Set up Kevin Knox. I think that's your best bet going forward. So let's say the Knicks don't get LaMelo Ball. Let's say they end up with Nico Mannion, right? Freshman out of Arizona, 6'3". He's averaging 19 points and 7 assists out of the Pac-12 this year. Let's say you end up with Nico Mannion. Now you have Nico Mannion, either DSJ or Frank, and let's say maybe they move DSJ on draft night for like a late first, early second, probably an early second. So let's say you have Frank Nielkeen and Nico Mannion. You have R.J. Barrett. Uh, maybe you bring back Damian Dotson. Maybe you pick up the option on, let's say, Reggie Bullock. Uh, you have small forward, you have... Kevin Knox, Iggy Brzezakis. Power forward, you have Randall. And um, I don't think they'll pick up the option on Bobby Portis. I think they could pick up it on Gibson. And then you have Gibson and Robinson. Now, free agency isn't isn't good for 2020. There is a couple big free agent names. But it's like DeMar DeRozan and Andre Jarman. And those aren't guys that fit the next timestamp. Um, Or they're, uh, they're processing their rebuild. So you're looking at guys. The best, obviously... Young free agent is Brandon Ingram, but he's been playing incredible this year. So you'd expect the pace, are uh, the not the Pacers, the Pelicans, to match his uh, salary sheet or his um, offer sheet. Now, the only way I could see the Pelicans not bringing back Brandon Ingram is when Zion comes back and they just don't work well on the court together. Just maybe Zion will not succeed with Brandon Ingram, just spacing. I don't know what it is, or vice versa. Brandon Ingram will just not succeed with Zion on the court with him. So then you could maybe think or see the front office, David Griffin, Tredge Langdon, Langdon um, being like, okay, we're obviously going to choose Zion over Brandon Ingram. We'll let him walk or we'll do a sign and trade kind of like how Malcolm Brogdon was this last offseason. The Knicks give up maybe one of the Mavericks picks and they pick up Brandon Ingram. That could be something. I mean, that's not a terrible idea, but do you really want Julius Randle, RJ Barrett and Brandon Ingram on the same team? Don't really know how spacing will go with that, but then you're kind of imagining okay, Randall won't be here next year. Maybe the new head coach can actually have Randall be good in his skill set and not making him a more ball dominant player. Because Randall doesn't need 14 shots a game. Choice Randall is also taking a whopping three and a half threes a game, and he's shooting 25%. No, just stop. Randall should not be taking more than two threes a game. He should honestly be taking more than one three a game. Um, he shouldn't have the ball more than he has. Like his usage shouldn't be the highest on the team at 26%. It shouldn't be whatsoever going forward. So let's just say the Knicks, Nico Mannion, I mean, Brendan Ingram is a long shot you getting him in the offseason, so I'm not really going to imagine them getting him. You could look at other young guys like Malik Beasley. Uh, I don't really know what you could turn him into. Uh, But yeah, you're probably just going to be bad again next year. And... Maybe you can get, like, an Amani Bates. Uh, Actually, is Bates? No, Bates is even next year. I think it's the year after. So you can maybe look at, like, a Cade Cunningham, but that's another point guard. Um, You can look at a Jalen Johnson from Duke, somebody like that, Um, or Jalen Green. So, yeah, it's going to be bad for the next two years, um, for the next – I've actually moved kind of out of my Knicks fandom. I was always a super biased Knicks fan, I would say, until last year. And then I'm kind of looking at the NBA more of as just like a non-biased aspect. And I, I want the Knicks to do good. I'll always be a Knicks fan deep down. But I, I want to see them do good. But I, I'm going to point out their flaws. And they have many of them. And I just think their front office blew a perfect opportunity in the 2019 offseason. And they could still go up from here. But I don't think it's going to be with this current regime. I think you need a smart mind um, as your president of basketball operations or your general manager. Either it's a Masai Ujiri, a Sam Presti, or somebody else that's in some other team's um, front office that you could look at. Maybe you can look at, like, Arturis Karnisovas in Denver, Tim Connolly, somebody like that. I don't know. Or, like, another top executive. And then for coach, you can look at some of the free agent coaches. You could look in-house. Or you can maybe look at team's assistant coaches, like maybe Becky Hammond um, of the uh, San Antonio Spurs. The Knicks, I think, are one of the only front offices um, with three minorities or um, at their top executive, general manager, and um, uh, head coach. So maybe you could look at as the first female head coach. I'll boast well with PR. Maybe Becky Hammond actually knows more than David Fisdell. Um, or just other assistant coaches you can look at on good teams. Maybe somebody on, like, the Raptors or the Lakers, or maybe you could look at uh, Tyron Wu or somebody like that. Who knows? But yeah, I just talked about the Knicks for like 20 or so minutes. If you're on YouTube, let me know in the comments kind of what you guys thought um, on my thoughts about how the Knicks blew that perfect opportunity in the offseason to gain more assets and go from there. Um, And then also let me know what you guys think of maybe them targeting in the draft or free agency. And then also, trading if they should move Ellington Portis Marcus Morris obviously Marcus Morris will be the easier one to move and then also uh let me know what other teams you guys want me to talk about I'm definitely down to do more of these but talk about maybe two teams for a video or three teams or somebody like that kind of more rebuilding teams will be more fun maybe like the Hawks they definitely have some um promising young players and then uh definitely a better future than probably the Knicks at the current moment, but they're not doing that well at the moment either. Maybe talking about Cleveland, the Grizzlies, the Wizards, other teams like that, Spurs or Pistons who are in purgatory or Chicago um, who are at a crossroads or Charlotte or OKC, somebody like that. So yeah, just let me know with like maybe a review on Apple Pod or the comment section on YouTube. If you're listening on Spotify, thank you. Just follow me on there. Uh, if you can leave a five-star re- uh, rating and review on Apple Pod, I'd really appreciate that. Or just a like and a comment on my uh, straws YouTube page. So yeah, that's going to be for me. I hope you guys enjoyed this video. I hope I didn't ramble a lot. I hope I kind of informed you guys and maybe uh, gave you guys a better perspective outlook on how the Knicks offseason could have went. It didn't have to be with a Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving. It definitely could have been a successful offseason in another route. Uh, so yeah, that is going to be for me. Hope you guys have a great day. I'll see you guys in episode nine. Peace, y'all.